0: The Manhattan think tank, the Center for an Urban Future, is looking for new ways to generate revenue for the city's parks. Joining us on Drive Time is Eli Dvorkin. He's the editorial and policy director at the Center for an Urban Future. Eli, thanks for joining us. I guess the money in the city budget for parks isn't enough?
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Michael. Look, that that's right. But the reality is the city's public parks have been chronically underfunded for decades. You know, these challenges didn't appear overnight. And so what we're saying here in this report is... We need to go beyond this annual battle over the city budget and look at generated generating dedicated recurring new revenues that can actually help pay for all these growing needs all
0: right so we'll get to some of those
1: ideas in a moment but how bad are some of the parks what kind of conditions are we talking about you know we've got deteriorated retaining walls and and bulkheads Um, we've got aging drainage systems that fail and cause flooding which so many new yorkers have seen water fountains you know bathrooms that fall into disrepair we even got uh, invasive species that are out competing native plants so There's a lot of challenges out there. They add up to hundreds of millions of dollars in maintenance and infrastructure needs. And, you know, that annual city funding just can't keep up. So at the Center for an Urban Future, you've come up with a long list of ideas. One of them is to put some surcharges on sporting tickets. That's right. We proposed a really modest $1 surcharge on tickets sold at stadiums that are actually located on parkland. You know, that includes City Field, Yankee Stadium, the USDA Tennis Center. And we estimate that just that one idea alone could generate tens of millions of dollars every year that we could be reinvesting in our public parks. You also want to see more things like restaurants and other attractions open within the parks themselves, get some more people in there. Yeah, I think that's right. You know, we we actually have seen that concessions revenue in the city's parks have been flat for over a decade. We think we can change that and not by doing anything too uh, radical. We're talking about maybe 10 new restaurants and destination worthy concessions. Things that New Yorkers really benefit from and, frankly, things that other cities do so well, uh, you know, all over the country and around the world. Uh, We also thought about things like a year-round spa operating an existing public bathhouse. You know, these are some fairly modest new destinations that would be in parks that could generate the kind of revenues needed to help uh, maintain them. What other kind of ideas do you have to generate some revenue? Well, I'll mention one that I think may be particularly relevant to some of the listeners out there in places like, you know, Queens, where I live, uh, which is a fee on gas-powered leaf blowers and landscaping, uh, which could actually help pay for parks' maintenance needs. Um and I also mentioned something that I, I think about a lot when I see the impact of more powerful storms every year, and that's a program to monetize organic waste in parks. You know, thinking about the hundreds and in some years, thousands of trees that fall into parks that could actually be harvested and milled into commercial lumber. You know, that would actually take something that's a big cost for the city right now and turn it into a new source of dollars.
0: You mentioned uh, like the idea of having more restaurants that's already going on in, in parks and some
1: other cities. Are some of these other ideas also happening in other cities, parks? Yeah, that's true. I mean, something like a, a ticket surcharge is actually an idea that's already been tried in a couple of different places, um, and it's already leading to to uh, to to genuine to, uh, to new revenues. Um, so, you know, this is not something that other cities have tried and failed at or hasn't been tried elsewhere. We actually have some great models from other places that we can be adapting and adopting here. And I think that shows policymakers in New York that some of these ideas are really practical, tangible, and, and can really work here, too. What kind of
0: reaction have you gotten from the city with this list of ideas or or even from the public, for that matter?
1: Yeah, well, I will say I think generally the reaction has been really overwhelmingly positive. I think uh, no question New Yorkers value their parks now more than ever. And the pandemic has only made that more clear. But also that New Yorkers have seen the consequences of underfunding, you know, uh, as as the budget cuts took place in 2021, we saw trash pile up in parks and New Yorkers really saw the impact of that. So there's a real appetite, I think, out there to sort of get outside of the annual battles around uh, public funding for parks. And to see, can we can we actually do something fresh and original here to generate revenues that can help to offset some of those costs? And policymakers are paying attention as well. You know, we've heard positive reactions from within the Parks Department and City Hall and in the City Council as well.
0: And Eli, people may not be aware. We hear the annual budget battle, let's cut money from the parks, and then some of it gets restored like we've had in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but there is a lot of private money going into the city parks as well, right?
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, so many, uh, several parks um, benefit enormously from, you know, strong public-private partnerships and money from uh, from individual donors and, and from corporate philanthropies and foundations. You know, part of the challenge is that the infrastructure to do that only exists in a few places around the city. Uh, we actually have an interesting idea, I think, in our report to start to leverage those models to benefit parks that don't have those kinds of conservancies and alliances today. Well, what we propose there is an 80-20 split where only for new revenues generated in parks. Uh, We propose that 80% of the revenue would stay with those parks that are generating that new revenue, but that 20% would go into a new fund to support maintenance needs in lower income and underserved parts of the city that may not have the underlying economics to support new revenue generating uses. So we think that a lot of the things that are actually working in those parks that have benefited from private dollars could be expanded to other parts of the city too if uh, some of these revenue-generating ideas do not come to
0: fruition, what's the worst-case scenario for city parks if they continue to deteriorate?
1: Yeah, well, unfortunately, you know, Michael, we've seen it already. I mean, like I said, we saw the impact of the budget cuts during the the worst of the pandemic and how that immediately led to a reduction in the kind of staffing needed to maintain our parks. And New Yorkers saw it every day when they walked into a park and, you know, stepped on trash or a syringe or, you know, saw the impact of uh, water fountains or, or, or other amenities going out of service for months at a time. So we, we've lived through it we've seen it and frankly we see how small problems can grow into much bigger needs down the line you know, we're not able to invest in maintenance today that becomes a big capital expense tomorrow that will cost infinitely more uh significantly more than if we were able to you know address the problem through maintenance dollars and ultimately take parks offline in some cases for years at a time so we know we, we've seen already as new yorkers the impact of insufficient funding for parks that uh, what we need to do now i think is have the the vision and the the will to implement some creative new ideas that can start to change that equation.
0: Eli Dvorkin at the Center for an Urban Future. Nice talking to you, Eli. Thanks for being with us. Likewise. Thanks so much for having me.